Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I am Josh Peck. How you doing? I am doing well. Uh, today's interview, um, I really am excited about. Yeah, me too. I was even telling you, you know, I like all the, I like all the shows, I like all the interviews, but today, uh, there's just something about it that I think... Um, the people need to hear. Mm -hmm. We have such an amazing guest with us here on today's program, Timothy Alberino. Timothy Alberino is the author of the groundbreaking book, Birthright, and has appeared on numerous television and radio programs. He's an authoritative speaker and researcher on many topics, including alternative history, giants, UFOs, and alien abduction, occult conspiracy, and Christian eschatology. Mr. Timothy Alberino, thank you for joining us on the program today. Thank you, Zach and Josh, for having me on. Looking forward to our discussion. Me yeah, too. Absolutely. Us I, too. Like I told you before we started, don't hesitate to speak your mind, my friend. I never uh, do. There we go. Hey, I love it. That that's that's how we ought to all be. You we're gonna get into it a little bit today, but just letting the audience know. Um, Timothy Alberino has been contacted by certain Congressman recently, he's been invited to come out to DC to actually sit down with several sitting members of Congress. Um, on today's program, he is going to be sharing some uh, behind the scenes information. And what's interesting is that DC is actually flying him in because these Congress people, they want to know his theological views concerning ETs, concerning extraterrestrials. Um, and, 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 uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually were even just recently invited to be a speaker at the National Republican Breakfast this year in D.C. Uh, not yet. Not exactly. Okay. I've been in conversation with one particular congressman from the UAP hearing committee. And they'd love um, for you to. This gentleman is uh, um, he's a he's a Christian, very intelligent guy. And um, I've spoken on the phone with him on uh, several occasions and met with him. And uh, he, he and his colleagues are, are fighting a very intense battle right now behind the scenes to try and get uh, David Grush, the whistleblower from the intelligence community, in a skiff in that, in that secure uh, location where, they can, where he can be thoroughly debriefed about what he knows and obviously um, give them the information that he talked about during the hearing, including the location of these uh, recovered UFOs, these recovered advanced aerospace vehicles, non-human advanced aerospace vehicles. So, so no, I haven't been actually invited uh, anywhere. There's, there's talks happening behind the scenes, mm -hmm, but, uh, mm -hmm. there's been no formal invitation, but I have been in conversation uh, with one of the congressmen. So I, I have, I have something here I want to, I want to talk about before we even get into the interview. This was breaking recently. And, and I think that you have some thoughts on this. Um, there are now reports coming from Mexico, uh, Peru, and other nations that are revealing how many, uh, how they have recovered the bodies of aliens. I actually went on Drudge Report. It's one of the featured stories this morning and how there's going to be so many more to follow. Uh, they're boasting how this nullifies the Bible and turns Christianity on its head. Uh, you know, and I think there's radical deception coming, but what are your thoughts on, on what's taking place in Mexico right now concerning these aliens? Uh, and, and before that, I want to share just the two articles as well. So one article says new two alleged non-human alien corpses were unveiled during a public hearing in Mexico's Congress. 
Um, also, another one says, this is from Independent, uh, alien corpses shown to Congress as UFO expert forced to testify under oath. Well, I'm always cautious about anything that comes out of Mexico. Yeah. Um, there's been too many hoaxes in the past. Uh, there's been, you know, alleged creatures uh, that have turned out to be composites of, of other kinds of, of animal life. And so these these particular beings that they presented during their hearings in Mexico, I don't know what to make of them right now. I do have an interesting story in Peru, though. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, I've, I've for people who know me and my work, I've spent a lot of time in Peru. I lived there for a decade. Um, I was working on a project in Peru a few years ago. And um, one of the archaeologists that were working on our team, he was a, a Spanish fellow who was, who was doing archaeology in Peru, and he was associated with an, a French explorer. And it was this French explorer who discovered originally discovered some of these mummies. Uh, I don't know if it's the same mummies that that we see that we've seen in these hearings in Mexico. Uh, I think it is the one, one of the ones that was featured on the Gaia TV, that documentary, if if you guys remember that one, the the three long fingers and and that mummy. Um, And I had assumed that those were fake uh, because of the way that they were presented and because of the fact that the the content went over to Gaia TV and not National Geographic or something like that. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. uh, I had always assumed they were fake and I was... uh, on, I was actually standing at the Chongos Pyramid in the desert of Paracas in Peru and talking to this archaeologist friend of mine, and he was discussing some of the projects he had worked on, and he made it explicitly clear to me that he did not want to talk about anything related to aliens. He did not want to, if, if we were going to talk about aliens or UFOs, he did not want to be involved. He didn't want his face to be on camera. Because he had had uh, some the trouble in a previous project related to aliens. And I told him, I assured him that our that current episode we were filming had nothing to do with aliens. And I inquired as to what the project was that, that, that he was working on. And he said that he was involved in that recovery, in that situation with those alien, alleged alien bodies from Peru. And this was a very skeptical archaeologist. Uh, he... He doesn't really he doesn't really believe in any of the kind of stuff that that I talk about. Um, he's just a very straight edge straight edge archaeologist, and I was shocked to discover when I asked him if those bodies were fake. He said, "Actually, no." Mm. He said they were DNA tested by like a dozen labs. They were X-rayed by a bunch of different labs. He said they were absolutely shocked. To find out that these things were real, and he then he began to tell me a bunch of stories related to the recovery and examination of these beings. They're they were mummified. Some were found in caves. Uh, these ones were in the mine, in a mine in Peru. The ones that uh, Jaime Massan unveiled in Mexico, um, and they were preserved, mummified in the fashion uh, that some of the natives were mummified in the Nazca people and the Paracas people. Uh, Nazca and Paracas, it's very, it's in the region of Ica, uh, and it's, it's a very mysterious, uh, well, it's near the region of Ica, Paracas, and, and then Nazca, that whole region there in Peru is very mysterious, very, very strange place. Believe me, I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, intense desert, 
nothing decays out there. You can go into the desert over there and pick up cloth off the ground from the Paracas civilization, which we did, um, burial cloth that shirts and, and, and different kinds of, of mantles that are still intact after thousands of years. That's wow. how arid it is in that desert. Um, in fact, it never rains. It's one of the driest places on earth. Uh, interesting side note, when we were there, when we were there, it actually poured one oh, day. And it was a it was a it was a phenomenon that hadn't happened in decades. And it happened to rain while we were there, which was very strange. Um, but um, so it, it's the kind of environment that you would expect to find mummified creatures of all kinds. And uh, but anyway, my archaeologist the guy on our team was very, um, he was, uh, surprised. He was shocked at what they discovered with these mummies. Uh, he said that they were visited by members of the intelligence community. Um, he said that there was all, he thinks that that he was, that there was an attempt to poison him. Uh, and, uh, the other guy he was working with, he had this whole long, crazy story associated with these things. Ultimately, they ended up dumping them off to Gaia. They were going to do like this documentary and, and everything. And they were t in discussion with all different uh, TV networks and this. And then I forget why, but it was just such a hassle, such a problem. They ended up just dumping it off to, to Gaia. And, and I think Jaime Massan got his hands on them after a while. So um, having said that, I don't know what to think about these things. Uh, as I as I said earlier, it, I don't I'm very slow to believe anything like this coming out of Mexico or Central America in general and South America, because there's just too much uh, tomfoolery happening mm -hmm. in those countries mm -hmm. in regard to these kinds of things. They get a lot of attention um, and it's not as difficult as people might think to hoax mm. these kinds of creatures. You can make composite and, and we've seen this before where there's allegedly fantastical creatures fairies and little gnomes and things like this that end up being c uh, composites of various kinds of animals that are literally super glued together. So I, I the, the jury's out with this thing. If it weren't Jaime Massan, if it was like a, if it's like a, if it was a, if it was a, a group of uh, credentialed researchers who were bringing this forward uh, or government people in Mexico, I might I might be inclined to believe it a little bit more. So the jury's out. I don't know. That's my long-winded answer. I have no idea what to make of, of, uh, of those bodies. Okay. Timothy, let me ask you this real quick. Do you believe, it seems like, you know, because I, I do believe in portals. I believe that there are, it seems like there's locations across the planet that are much more spiritual, much more sensitive to, to ET activity, to, you know, whether you want to call it... Um, and, and this is a point of uh, contention for a lot of people, you know, who to make. I know that you're on one side and other people are on the other side. Is it aliens? Is it fallen angels? Is it both? Do you believe that there are certain areas throughout the world that basically act as portals? And that is why there is such heightened activity uh, there as opposed to everywhere throughout the world. What, what are your thoughts on it? I suspect that there might be, but um, I think maybe... In some cases, we're probably talking about bases, not portals, or, or bases in which there are portals. I think that there are non-human bases under the earth, especially under the ocean, and that 
in these areas, you're going to naturally have much more activity, UFO activity, because you're going to have these craft coming in and out of the bases. What do you mean more base? What, what do you mean base? Well, we have, obviously, we have our own deep underground military bases in yeah. the United States. We also have undersea bases, submarine bases. The Nazis had bases under Antarctica. Mm -hmm. um, so we have our bases, but then there are bases that are not ours. We know that there are locations where there are, um, there seem to be non-human, let's call them alien bases. And around these alien bases, you have a mm. lot of UFO activity. You have, just like you would have a lot of military presence around an army base, you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of anomalous activity around these, these suspected alien bases. And uh, so I absolutely believe that those exist. I do believe that there is an alien presence on planet Earth. And um, to some extent has been since the conception of mankind. We can get into that. But specifically, I think that we are dealing with a particular faction for much of the sightings, certainly most of the crash retrievals that, uh, that our government has been for decades retrieving alien craft that has crashed in various parts of the United States and all around the world and has been attempting to reverse engineer that technology with some degree of success, but not total success, and in fact has been recovering as uh, David Grush calls it, biologics, non-human biologics or, or alien bodies associated with these craft. And, and I think that those bodies are probably mostly um, associated with the, the gray alien faction. So I would say unequivocally that there is an alien presence on Earth. Um, and um, that sort of relates to your, your second question in regard to the, the, the biblical narrative. I'm assuming, you could talk about this too, that our government is, you probably believe that they are actually in contact, maybe even communicating with these ETs. And, and so what's what's the end game for them? Why are they trying to hide it if these things are actually happening? Well, be, well first and foremost, because of the technology. Okay. You know, the there technology. is a legitimate, there, let's, 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 let's be honest, there is a legitimate national security concern here. Because people freak um, out? Because we don't freak want out? to share the kind of technology that we've been able to derive from crash retrievals. We don't want to share that technology mm, with Russia or China. Okay. We need to maintain a tactical advantage in regard to this technology. I get that. That's, that's, I think that's important. As an American citizen, I, I would rather that the United States government be in possession of this technology than China, let's say. So I understand that aspect of it. And that's, you know... Uh, that might be the only, the only reasonable excuse for keeping some of this secret. Outside of that, we run into some very nefarious stuff, um, uh, including the fact that, you know, we have been, uh, we're concealing technology, for example, that uh, would, would totally transform human society could eliminate poverty. Uh, we're talking about free energy. So there's moneyed interests involved here um, that, that wouldn't want this kind of technology available to the public, which is of course nefarious. I mean, it would, it would, it would instantly, it would instantly catalyze the betterment of, of human civilization, especially in third world countries. So that's, to me, that's, that's part of the equation. Uh, 
Um, but also, you know, there's a lot of skeletons in this closet. When you talk about when you talk about uh, the decades, decades long program that's been going on, the, the crash retrieval programs and cover up of the alien presence and of the and of the you know the, the whole UFO phenomenon. Uh, to put it in no uncertain terms, the government has killed people to keep this secret. Mm-hmm. More than a few. Mm. And the, the, and has ruined people's lives to keep this thing a secret. Um, the government is covering up, and this is, and when I say the government, you know, that I don't like that term. We talk about the we talk about the deep state, and the deep state is this entrenched bureaucracy in Washington D.C. involving the intelligence communities, involving the FBI, the CIA, involving you know just the bureaucratic machine that never changes in Washington. You can change out. You can change out the faces, the politicians, but you you never change these individuals. They don't go anywhere. These are the real power players behind the scenes. In the military, there are certain generals who are so entrenched, especially the ones who are who are dealing with these special access pro- programs. Um, that's the deep state. But I I think there's an even deeper deep state. I call it the dumb state, and it's sort of tongue in cheek. Uh, but dumb, of course is the acronym for deep underground military bases. And that's where a lot of these special access programs are being Mm. developed is in these deep underground military bases. And that's where some of the most nefarious things are taking place. And so I call it the dumb state. It's deeper than the deep state. It's the dumb state. And, and I believe that the the skeletons in the closet in regard to the dumb state are, are, I think people knew what's been going on behind the scenes. They would be absolutely appalled to discover for one thing, um, aside from the fact that they're hiding potentially beneficial technology from from the rest of human society, uh, they've been covering up the abduction phenomenon for decades. And the abduction phenomenon directly relates to American citizens. And the 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 function, the primary function of the United States government, especially the military and the intelligence communities, is to protect the American people ostensibly, right? although they haven't really been doing that great of a job. But that's the, one of the primary functions of government. And, and the subject of alien abductions reveals that not only has the government not only been protecting American citizens, but the government itself, and again, let's, let's be more specific, the dumb state has been, to some extent, complicit in the abduction phenomenon in that they have... They have not told us, they have not warned us about this threat, about this ongoing phenomenon in in which hundreds of thousands of Americans are involved involuntarily. In other words, the the greys are using the wombs of our females to incubate their hybrid, human hybrid clones. You got to understand, my audience and your audience, I don't know how much overlap there is. So what you just said was absolutely fascinating and terrifying. Just pretend like this is a 101 class. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have been abducted. And they're, they're placing clones within their wombs. And these terrestrial celestial beings are walking amongst us. 
Well, yes, and this, you know, um, and this is again, this is one of the nefarious things. This is one of the skeletons in the closet that 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 that, that certainly the Pentagon does not want to talk about is alien abductions because they're directly implicit in the cover up. They haven't done anything to protect the American people from it. They certainly haven't told us about it. And I think that actually, I actually believe in the Eisenhower agreement the, 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 that, was, that was struck between the, uh, the Eisenhower administration and, 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 and gray aliens. As crazy as that sounds, there's a lot of good ufologists, the best ufologists, in fact, who believe that that story is true because of all of the, um, because of all of the uh, corroborating evidence surrounding that crazy story. And so if it is indeed true that the that elements of the government have struck a deal, we get technology, we permit you to, to abduct our citizens, that that's treasonous against the American people. And so, and so, okay, so circling back around to the abduction phenomenon itself, um, when you talk about alien abductions, this is an area of, of inquiry. This is, an, this is an area of research in ufology that lends itself to scientific inquiry. Because it is a body of evidence, the abduction phenomenon, is a, there's a body of evidence, definitive evidence, that this phenomenon is real, it's physical, and uh, every kind of evidence, every kind of proof that you would bring to bear in a court of law to prove a case, you can find within the abduction phenomenon and within the research that's been done over the decades by highly competent researchers, some of the best uh, ufologists um, such as in the beginning, it was, you know, John Mack sort of sort of cracked the lid on this thing. You know, the Harvard uh, psychologist, John Mack, who's, who I believe was killed. Then you had, of course, you have uh, the late Carla Turner. You have uh, Bud Hopkins and you have J David Jacobs. Um, that's that's those are the individuals. And of course, David Jacobs was a he's retired now, but he was a a, a professor of history at Temple University, Dr. Carla Turner was a was a highly credentialed uh, 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 professor, university professor. Bud Hopkins was a phenomenal field investigator. If you read any of Bud Hopkins' work, very intelligent man, just a great, you know, old school field investigator. And of course, um, uh, John Mack, who was the professor of psychology. Uh, I believe he was psychology, psychology, the professor, professor of psychology at Harvard. Um, Jeez. And, and so you have this body of evidence that's been compiled primarily by them, but there's some, there's been some others of the mix as well, other highly competent researchers. And this, this body of evidence that they've been able to compile is conclusive. And most of this work was done seventies, eighties, nineties. It's conclusive. Um, Alien abductions are a physical phenomenon. People are physically taken from whatever environment they happen to be in during an abduction episode. Mm. Many times it's a bedroom. Sometimes it's they're laying on the couch. Sometimes they're camping. They're in a camper in the woods. Sometimes they're driving their cars. Actually, quite often they're abducted as they're driving a car down the road at nighttime. Um, uh, they're taken by usually in almost every case by the little gray aliens they're brought on board and an and alien craft and they're subjected to not experiments they're subjected to a very methodical systematic procedure that is related to the production of human alien hybrids uh, um, sperm is extracted from the males and other genetic material um, and uh, women uh, have uh, you know let's say gynecological procedures performed on them 
and oftentimes uh, women have these uh, these um, they have these zygotes implanted into their wombs, which grow into fetuses, which are extracted around the three-month period before they begin to show. Mm. And so in a subsequent abduction, they're abducted again, and then the, the fetuses, the hybrid fetuses are, are extracted, and they finish their development in gestation tanks um, until they're and, – and when they're toddlers, by the way, the women are – these women interact with, the, with these, their hybrid offspring. And, and it's very complicated um, phenomenon, but, it, but unfortunately, it's very real. And so um, that is, you know, circling all the way back to the hearings, that, that is one of the topics that I can guarantee you that the Pentagon does not oh, want my goodness. brought up. So, you know, there, one of the men I respect more than anybody else on on this planet, he's going to be with the Lord now. Was Dr. Chuck Missler? Yes. And I was on the I was on pro I was on several programs with him, and and um, I had the opportunity to have dinner with him several different times. And he was the first person that I had ever heard even discuss this matter. And I remember one point that he said to me is that so many of these women do not appear to be attention-seeking. The vast majority of them have zero psychiatric history. They're not looking for the spotlight. It's just a fact of the matter that they're discussing what took place with them. Yeah, the abduction, the abduction phenomenon um, is cross-cultural. It happens in, all over the world. Um, and it is, it cuts across society. In other words, you have, you know, you have blue collar guys that are guys and gals that are being abducted. You have, you have white collar guys and gals, CEOs of big companies. You have congressmen and women who are being abducted. You have doctors and, and psychiatrists. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's a cross section of, of human society. What are they uh, doing the with the babies? Denominator, oh yeah. Keep going. Uh, keep going. I was just going to say that the common denominator in the abduction phenomena in, in regard to who's being abducted, abducted is, is family lines. So abductions happen within wow. – it's, it's, it's hereditary. So if, if your parents are abductees, then you also are going to be an abductee. So um, that's the wow. one thing that, uh, that, <laughs> that abduction researchers have been able to identify in terms of commonality in the, um, in the phenomenon is it is hereditary. Um, why is that? That's, I'm well, sorry. Why? What well, nobody really knows. I suspect. I suspect. It's my theory that um, th th this th this gets complicated. But I believe that the human species is inherently, you know, the beginning of this of this program. You told me that I can say whatever I want. So here we go. There um, we go. I believe that the human species is inherently telepathic. I think that uh, telepathy is the primary mode of communication for uh, for highly intelligent beings. I, I think that angels are telepathic. I think there's a lot of evidence for that. Um, and uh, that, uh, that that's our primary mode of – was our primary mode of communication. Um, and so – and with that, you know, we might we might call that and, and, and not I'm not a new age guy. I, I don't subscribe to the new age whatsoever. Um, 
But I do believe that there are certain, let's call them psychic capacities that the human species used to possess mm -hmm. that we've lost because mm -hmm. of genetic degeneration. We were much more remarkable beings than we are presently. Mm -hmm.